the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quipido and Damien Clotto. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning. It's a brisk Thursday morning out there. Yes. That's really nice. I'm enjoying that little crisp air. Today is the Feast of Blessed Bartholomew of Vicenza. So let's be start this morning with prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, increase our faith, hope, and charity, and make us love what you command, so that we may merit what you promise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, blessed Bartholomew of Vicenza, pray for us. Pray for us. We'll learn more about our saint of the day later on in today's show, but we're live on our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com and search Catholic Community Radio. Hit the subscribe button and the bell so every time we go live or post a video on our channel, you will receive a notification. Also join us for our patriotic rosary daily at 12.30 p.m. Central Time through Election Day. But today's guests, we have a full show for you, starting off with Emily Froba. She joins us in six minutes. She's the director of campus ministry at St. Michael the Archangel High School in Baton Rouge. And today she's going to talk about the mausoleum over at St. George and Carriers of Hope. So we're continuing a conversation we had with her not too long ago. So definitely stay tuned for this information from Emily. In 18 minutes, Kevin O'Neill joins us to talk about his book called The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven and the Catechism of the Seven Sacraments, Lego Books. If you have a child or you like Legos who loves Legos like my son does, you're going to love this book and it is so cute and so incredible. So definitely stay tuned for Kevin's interview. Such a cute book. So I'm excited to talk to Kevin about that. In 35 minutes, David Dawson Jr. from the Diocese of Home Thibodeau joins us to talk marriage and family life. And in 48 minutes, Shannon Eaton with Women's New Life Clinic joins us. She's a nurse health practitioner, and she's going to give us their monthly update. So a full show for you today with great guests and great information. And Damien, hopefully looking forward to some great weather today. Oh, it's going to be almost perfect. Uh, as far as days go, we the high is only going to be 78, low is going to be 50, sunny skies all day today though, uh, winds out of the east at 5 to 10, as I said it's almost perfect, tomorrow clouds are going to start moving in into our area with rain chances increasing as the day goes on, as we get closer to Saturday, uh, 20% chance of rain tomorrow, 75% chance of rain on Saturday, that's going to be the wet day. But again, come Sunday, by Sunday morning, that rain's going to be pushing out, and it's going to be pretty much like we've been experiencing. So we can't complain too much about that. 
We need a little <laughs> rain, especially our farmers. Mm-hmm. Temperatures mm-hmm. in and around the area. Baton Rouge, it's 53, as well as in Homa Thibodeau. Elsewhere, New Orleans, 56. And in Mandeville and Gulfport, they're experiencing 51-degree temperatures right now. So get out there and enjoy the day. I, I, I say that every day because, yes. boy, I don't want to be inside. Right. You could, the minute you right. go outside, go, what am I doing inside? Yes. So I, I try to do a lot of things outside when the weather's like this. Yep. And uh, so don't go too far. Y'all got big plans for the weekend? Is it almost the weekend? <laughs> That's good. It almost is. St. Thomas More has a big dedication mass this weekend, so we're looking forward to that. The renovations are about done. Yeah. So football for you, Gabby? Just relaxing. No plans. No plans. Okay. I got friends coming over. We're gonna grill. Nice. And chill. Nice. We want you to stick around (laughs) while you're chilling. It's five after on wake up. Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 13. Some Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Go away, leave this area because Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and I perform healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I accomplish my purpose. Yet I must continue on my way today, tomorrow, and the following day, for it is impossible that a prophet should die outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how many times I yearned to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were unwilling. Behold, your house will be abandoned. But I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for this morning's gospel. It's eight minutes after the hour. On Wake Up, we're joined by Emily Froba. She's the director of campus ministry for St. Michael the Archangel High School in Baton Rouge. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. It's great to have you back with us this morning. Last time we talked about the Pro Vita Dinner, the fundraiser for the March for Life uh, in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And, and another important uh, pro-life uh, uh, part is uh, what we're going to talk about today, and that is uh, the Carriers of Hope. And, um, and we can talk a little bit about the mausoleum um, at St. George. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, two years ago when we did Provitathon at, uh, at at Catholic Radio, we uh, raised some money there, and, and half of that actually went to the building of that mausoleum. So there's actually a really cool connection with that um, and, awesome. the, and the Provita event as well. That's awesome. So do you want to start with Carriers of Hope, Emily? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are, um, Carriers of Hope kind of became a, a nonprofit, <laughs> definitely by the will of the Lord. Um, my husband and I had have experienced three midterm miscarriage losses. We had a very early loss um, in between our, our two our two oldest daughters and our two youngest daughters. And then after our youngest daughter, we had uh, three late term uh, midterm losses. And we really discovered accidentally that there was a really great need for uh, caskets and burial for miscarried babies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we you know at one point we were at Hobby Lobby trying to find a casket for our do- our son, um, John, that we had lost at 14 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Father Brad Doyle, he won't mind me telling, telling the mm-hmm. story. He and a friend um, tried to make a casket, and actually Norman Poche 
painted like a beautiful cover for it. Oh. But my husband, who was a woodworker, was like, this is awful. <laughs> you could build a better casket. <laughs> um, and so he did. Uh, and then again for our daughter, Cecilia. And so it sort of is one of the things, you know, Mother Teresa said, like, let God use me without consulting me. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely my husband and I's experience with mm-hmm. this. Um, you know, priests kind of knew our story and just with like our, my involvement with the March for Life. And we would get phone calls to make caskets for people. Um, and then working with Monica Alley with Anna's Grace mm-hmm. um, when that was in our diocese, you know, we just realized like this need was really big and and to be honest you know a a culture of abortion is part of is tied in with this because if you have a culture that says this isn't a baby and then people lose their children Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like a a silent you're not allowed to grieve this Uh non-person it was just a clump of cells it was just so i mean it's such you could almost do a whole show on this because it's it's such an interesting um injustice which is it's interesting to even say that this is an injustice but up until 2019, um, you could you could even be denied the remains of a baby before 20 weeks of pregnancy um, mm-hmm. if you lost that baby. And so, when that law changed, it sort of opened the door for a greater a greater need um, because couples are being told you can bury your baby, but they don't have financial resources or literally places to bury because um, there's a lot of laws regarding caskets and vaults around caskets and things like that. So um, thankfully, our bishop, uh, Father Paul Yee, it's just sort of all happens, definitely mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, where we realized if we were going to use these caskets, we needed a mausoleum because yes. some of them could not be put in the ground at a regular cemetery um, because of uh-huh. laws about needing a vault. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, St. George kind of jumped in. Crystal Newport over there is an absolute angel of God, saint on earth. Um you know, she's done so much. So our caskets are, are open, available to anyone, um, but they're built specifically for the dimensions of the, the Children of God mausoleum that is going up at St. George. So I'm, I'm not sure if that kind of gives you the, the picture of where we're at with that. No, I think that's wonderful. And I think it's interesting to understand the law on miscarriage and stillbirths, Emily. So you have on your website uh, for uh, Carriers of Hope, which is carriersofhope.net, uh, you you talk about their different frequently asked questions. And I think, uh, you know, knowing you and knowing uh, um, um, we just talked about the uh, Anna's Grace, not really realizing what people go through when they have a stillbirth or a miscarriage and and knowing, uh, you know, just hearing the experience at the hospital and you're kind of sent on your way after you have this experience. So so talk about the law um, when, it, when it pertains to miscarriage and stillbirth. Yeah, so that the law makes it really interesting and complicated. I mean, I feel sometimes like we were discovering some new planet or continent when we started, and there's always just something new to uncover. So that frequently asked questions, which we're still working on, it's still a work in progress, but it has, you know, if you lose a baby at home, if you lose a baby uh, before 20 weeks, and honestly, it's it's so many ounces of of weight for the the baby uh, oh, in the womb, okay. and so before before twenty weeks, unfortunately, the baby's really treated more like medical waste. Um, yes. I mean, we know differently. We know that this is our child's remains, um, and so how a parent can receive the baby that way is, is through the hospital, and they can receive a casket from us and and place the baby in the casket, uh, and usually the baby's in like a 
you know, a specimen container from the hospital. Um, yes. But then after 20 weeks, by law, now, you know, and, and again, it's, it's so tied in with abortion laws and how we view these things. Um, after 20 weeks, now it's human remains. Now, you know, uh, right. <laughs> not before. Yes. Um, and so then, you know, a funeral home needs to come in. And that's where Anna's Grace and now Maddie's Footprints is also mm-hmm. helpful because they can help with those costs. Um, we provide for anyone, any denomination, you know, a free casket, um, and we have builders, and, and we have different size caskets, and then um, St. George is providing a free burial place, uh, you know, an internment in the in the mausoleum using one of our caskets. That's amazing. Um, and then, you know, Emily, and then also we've been blessed. I'm, I'm sorry. We're out of time, Emily Froba. Uh, check yeah. out Carriers of Hope, carriersofhope.net and stgeorge.org. You can find out more about yes. Children of God Mausoleum. And, and, we, and we need builders. That's the biggest okay. thing right now is, is more builders. So check out our website and, and feel free to help us out. Excellent. Thanks so much, Emily. It's 15 minutes after the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media Saint of the Day for October 27th. Today we celebrate Blessed Bartholomew of Vicenza. The man we honor today used his skills as a preacher to challenge the heresies of his time. Bartholomew was born into a noble family around the year 1200 and joined the Dominicans at age 20. Following his ordination, he served in various leadership positions. As a young priest, he founded a military order, whose purpose was to keep civil peace in towns throughout Italy. In 1248, Bartholomew was ordained a bishop. Rather than being a tribute to his holiness and leadership skills, this honor was a form of exile, instigated by an anti-papal group happy to see him leave for Cyprus. Not many years later, however, he was transferred back to Vicenza. Despite the anti-papal feelings that were still evident, the bishop worked diligently, especially through his preaching, to rebuild his diocese and strengthen the people's loyalty to Rome. During his years in Cyprus, Bartholomew befriended King Louis IX of France, who is said to have given the bishop a relic of Christ's crown of thorns. Bartholomew died in 1271 and was beatified in 1793. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Our next guest is Kevin O'Neill. Today, he joins us to talk about his books. There's two of them that we're going to talk about today. One is called The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven. And the second one is The Catechism of the Seven Sacraments. These are both Lego books, you guys. And I love this. So I'm so excited. We are talking to Kevin today. He's going to give us a little bit more details about it. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Hi, Gabby. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great. I have to say the Catechism of the Seven Sacraments Lego book, it's probably the most used book in our household for the longest running amount of years possible because we got this book a while back, a few years ago, and my son still to this day opens it up and takes a look at it. Tell us a little bit about what we can find in these books. You know, that's the nice thing is that these books pull, and we're always, when we try to teach the faith, it seems like a lot of times we're uh, we're bringing it to our children, but this 
it goes the opposite direction, which is perfect. So what makes the book so unique is, of course, the imagery, but that's just a, a teaching tool. The real... Uh, the real unique part is the theology in it. And what we do is we use typology. And typology is just the old being fulfilled in the new and the new revealing the old. And so, for example, in our new book, uh, we show the mass as the new exodus. And so unbeknownst to most people, Moses didn't just say, let my people go. He said, let my people go so that they may worship me. Those were God's instructions for Moses to tell Pharaoh. And then God leads them into the wilderness, tells them how to build the tent of worship, how to deploy the priesthood, how to ordain, what kind of oils to use for ordination, what kind of incense to use, what kind of candles to use, how to build the altar, Hmm. how the linens had to be, and how the vestments. And the Catholic goes, oh my goodness, he taught them a liturgy. And then God tells them (laughs) specific instructions on how to build the tabernacle. And God, who dwells upon the mountain, then places himself within the tabernacle. And the tabernacle's always been the meeting place between God and his people. Well, just fulfill that. Christ crucified where? On a mountain, now places himself within our tabernacle, and forget meeting place, this is now the joining, this is the union between God and his people, and we even take this a step further, and we show how in the Exodus, Moses went up the mountain, received the Ten Commandments, which was the covenant of God, written with the finger of God, it's the law of God, and it's the word of God written in stone. When we're at the Holy Mass, the priest ascends the mountain of Calvary, which is made present. We have the faith that can make a mountain move. Calvary is made present every time we're at the Holy Mass. And as the priest ascends this mountain, he now comes down with the Eucharist, which is the new covenant. It's the Word made flesh, and it's the law fulfilled. And the Old Testament says, it foreshadows this. It says, I will make a covenant with my people. I will write it on their hearts and put it on their minds. And St. Paul says it best. He says, this new covenant, not written on tablets of stone, but written on the fleshy tablets of their hearts. And so every time we receive the Eucharist, the same finger of God that wrote the law into the stone of the old covenant now writes the laws into our hearts. And when you take a look at every Eucharistic miracle, they're all heart tissue. It's like we're getting a heart transplant. And so this is what we do. We take these profound things that are not difficult and put them there to teach children and families uh, and, and use images to make it stick. You know, Kevin, I think it's genius to take a concept like something like Legos because it's just blown up into something that's bigger for kids. There's TV shows that, you know, Star Wars is based on that, the Avengers, all of these things, video games that have to, you know, kids love playing with these, but they also love watching them. So teaching them about the mass and our Catholic faith brings them into a deeper understanding of, hey, I saw this in the book because of, you know, this page or this page. I have found it's an easier way for someone like my son when we read this when he was, you know, six or seven years old to understand what's going on in uh, our Catholic faith. Yeah, you know, when you can just open up to to pages, and this is an example in the sacraments book, uh, you know, you go through the Mm -hmm. section on confession. A lot of people, well, where's confession in the Bible? Oh, well, look, 
now with images, you can see, hey, God only breathes on his people two times. The first was when he breathed life into Adam, and then Adam sinned, and death entered into the world. And then the second time was when Jesus, who is God, after the resurrection, appears to his disciples, and he breathes on them, and he says, go and forgive sins. Whosoever sins you forgive are forgiven and retained are retained. And so just as Adam lost that breath of God by sinning, that breath of God now is breathed upon his disciples and commissioned to destroy sin so that we can have that life back in us. That breath is back through mm-hmm. destroying sin because of the merits of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. Kevin, talk about the format in this book, because I know that when we, uh, as parents, want to give our children, you know, things to understand when they're going to Mass or understand things like the sacraments or even, you know, uh, anything about church teaching, we want them to understand easy and at their level um, as well. So talk about the format of this book, because it is quite unique. This is a graphic novel. Both books are big books, over 200 pages. On some pages, you'll have up to six pictures side by side, and it is there in, it's kind of got a comic book format. All of the pictures in the book, our family, we put together every scene, snap the picture and take the, do a tear down and then build the next scene uh, (laughs) and so on. The books do have the imprimatur. Uh, and a glossary in the back by Father John Harden. So it is uh, very accessible to the child, but if you're teaching, it's there for the teacher to be able to impart as well. So did you and your family build each scene, take and take, because these are complex scenes. Is there an instruction book? (laughs) No, there is, there are no instructions. Uh, In fact, we wish there were instructions on the scenes that we build, but uh, uh, we never know what it's going to, we always kind of start with an idea uh, and we take a look at historical pictures and then we just begin to build and and then it turns, it it turns out when we're ready to take the picture, we take the picture and then it, uh, thanks be to God, we live in the day we do because uh, we're not photographers. And we just uh, we get to take a million digital pictures and find which one works. Kevin, how that's did... amazing because everyone knows whenever you open a, a Lego box, you have a thick book of instructions. So, how long did it take you to make a book like this? That's where you know I I always joke and say ignorance is bliss because we're probably as a family putting in close to two hundred hours a week, and when we're really. Oh uh, coming down the stretch and I don't even know where those hours come from because the, you know we own a, a small landscaping company in northern Illinois and uh, we are we are a homeschooling family we're expecting our ninth child very soon in the next three weeks wow. so please keep my uh, wife and our, our uh, child in, in your prayers but uh, yeah we just by the grace of God here we go Kevin, how did you go about getting the okay from the Lego people to do this? Because that that was probably the grace of God and divine intervention, too. You know, Lego is very uh, liberal with their their rules. And so we just do not pretend that we are them. They don't pretend, or obviously they are. They have no affiliation with us, mm-hmm. and they have what's called a Fair Play Act out there. And Lego has actually never sued anyone over using this. So it's more like uh, buying wow. Crayola, and, yeah. and basically these are our 
bricks. We don't use any of the Lego builds that they previously make. So every time we buy brand new Legos, we, we wreck them and throw them in the bin. That way, everything we do is original. Kevin, how did you and Mary well, come up that. with this idea of of the Lego book to explain the faith to children? What what was a catalyst to get that going? Well, unfortunately, uh, my children had what was is called the Brick Bible, and it's a Lego Bible, and it's written by an atheist, mm. and it was absolutely wow. blasphemous. Wow! And so when wow. we had. Uh, when we had done a little research on the author, we threw the book away, and my son said, Dad, I, I really liked that book. I did learn some stuff, you know. He said, Dad, you always say, well, you can eat the watermelon and spit out the seeds. I said, not if the seeds are poisonous. Mm. And and so oh. he kept he kept kind of uh, approaching me about it. And finally one day, and I, I, I knew the theology, because I, all I do is listen to Catholic audio, Catholic radio, and read Catholic books because of the, the business I'm in. I would mow or do landscaping and just Catholic audio every second of every day. And so I looked at him, I said, I'll tell you what, we'll make one and we're going to teach typology. And that's how it started. Wow. That is awesome. Kevin, we have about 20 seconds. Where can we pick up a copy of both of your books on uh, the Holy Mass and the the seven sacraments? They are published by Sophia Press. Uh, we do also have a website called uponthisblock.com where you can directly get it from us. Uh, and we have uh, Holy Heroes carries it. Hopefully your local bookstore there, please support them as well. Uh, but it will be everywhere books are sold. Wonderful. Kevin O'Neill, thank you so much for joining us. Stick around. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. before the top of the hour. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday to you. David Dawson, Jr. is our guest. He is Director of Parish Support for the Diocese of Home at Thibodeau, here to talk about guiding our kids through trying new things. Hmm. Trying new things, doing new things. Brother Dave, you've got enough of them. Give us the secrets. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So one of the things we discovered, and just kind of in general, doing marriage and family life work, too, is that uh, a major, uh, you know, cultural thing that's, that tends to, to be uh, something that families deal with these days is that kids are having harder and harder times uh, breaking into new things, trying new things, uh, kind of developing new skills, uh, just because with technology, uh, things tend to be kind of spoon-fed. We don't tend to have to think uh, through think different ways than we typically think. Um, you know, programs and apps are programs to where they're, they're, they're easy to understand. They're made to where the way we think is kind of tailored and it kind of does it for us. And so we don't have to do a whole lot of stretching. And there's not a whole lot of opportunities where like, okay, if I'm already, I'm not already good at something to have to work through the process of being bad at it first for a while before I can really do the things I want to do. Uh, typically these days I can kind of avoid that uh, in, in a huge way, especially as a young person. I can avoid uh, having to work through being bad at something for a while. Um, that uh, most of the things that I want to enjoy uh, can be enjoyed without having to go through that process. Through so, the yeah, um, the suffering or tough. challenge, yeah. huh? Exactly, exactly. And just you know, 
uh, feeling fruitless, feeling incapable. It's not a fun feeling, you know, and especially for kids, it's like it's frustrating. You know, I want it instant gratification. Uh, and so that, you know, we usually grow out of that after a while, you know, to some extent. But I think these days it's just taking longer and longer to, to grow out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us never, <laughs> some of us never really do. I know we all tend to struggle with it a little bit. But I think one of the things that we as parents, uh, it can be extremely helpful if we can start intentionally focusing on helping them have those experiences in little ways as they grow up, you know, to give them opportunities to be like, all right, look, what is it you want to do? Wouldn't it be nice if you could come up to this piano and make some cool things come out of it? You know, like, wouldn't it be cool if you could take that song that you heard and, and repeat it here, you know, and, uh, or something, you know, I know that that's something I'll bring that up. My wife, uh, had took piano lessons when she was a kid. Didn't, wasn't a huge fan, but had a musical family. He's got an ear for it had some choir lessons, you know, when she was in high school. So she understands music well enough to know what it feels like to do it well. And so she's been able to uh, sit with them and kind of work with them through what does it feel like to make this thing sound good? You know, it's a, it, it's a beautiful thing when you can finally get there. So she's got the hope. She's got the experience of working through that and has been able to help our kids do that. And it's been beautiful for me who hasn't done that. I didn't work through the musical challenge to watch them go through that and are now able to, to come, you know, create beautiful things. And, uh, it's like, you know, watching a magic show for me, cause I have no idea how to do all that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a beautiful process when we're willing to be patient with them and yeah. help them to work through that. And, and asking the right questions also, I always believe yeah. that if you can share a story of maybe personal experience or sometimes just just challenging them. Well, what, you know, I can remember growing up, my dad was famous for, well, what's the worst thing that could happen, you know? Well, yeah, you know, I, I might die, Dad. And he goes, no, you're not going to die, you know. <laughs> and then he share a little story and then finally convince you. Because fear is a big reason why kids don't want to do new things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's one of those things that if, if we're not used to that kind of pain, and it's a certain thing, like we get used to certain kinds of pain, certain kinds of difficulty, and if you're not used to it, it can hit you hard. You know, like I want to be able to play this sport. I want to be able to throw this ball like Tom Brady or whatever, and I want to be able to, 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 to do these things that I, I, I admire. Uh, so I think as parents to be able to say, okay, this is a good opportunity. All right, let's get out there and let's see how it works. I mean, even just doing yard work. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling with, with giving one of my kids the weed eater because he's going to go out mm-hmm. and chew up the yard. You know, it's going to look like a dog chewed it. But <laughs> it, it, it's got to work through that, you know, so to be able to, to give them that opportunity. So I think um, giving them chances to fail and seeing that it's okay, yeah. uh, that things are going to look rough at first. I mean, art is another great opportunity. Uh, but just doing work, doing projects, and realizing that, like, look, the first time you come out with this, I mean, for instance, my kids, when they, when they do their writing or writing poetry, uh, I'm not always going to be like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to be like, that sounds a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, like, you, you do want to be honest with them. For you. Yeah. You want to be honest with them, but you want to encourage them as well. And that's the other thing exactly. is as a parent, when you, when you, they want to do new things, quite often we may shut it down for whatever reason. I'm not going to blame parents yeah. for that. But, but when they finally have the opportunity, we have to be patient. Uh, in in the aspect of it's a learning curve for them. Otherwise, they're going to get discouraged and not want to do it and move on to something else. Exactly, exactly. So to be able to say, like, this isn't great, but you know what? I'm I'm super excited that you're working through this process. What does the next step look like? What did it feel like when you were going through it? Mm -hmm. So I think entering into it with them with some excitement, um, it, it it takes a little time on our part. 
but I think if we recognize that, like, this is a needed skill, a needed experience for them. That's part, I think, the part that we tend to miss is that, like, we don't want them to feel bad about it, so we avoid it, too. Uh, and then we don't uh-huh. take the time to be willing to, to enter in with them and be like, all right, how did it feel? What'd you do? You know, what went right, what went wrong? Uh, what can we do next time? And like, really get excited about it because that's a fun process. And if we can remember the fun processes we had, and we had people who were kind of our mentors who were like, all right, all right, put your hands like this. How does it feel? It feels pretty good. All right. You know, and I, I saw when you do that, that didn't work out. All right, here we go. And that is, I mean, when you got somebody who, who you love and you look up to in that with you, man, that is the best. Uh, but it takes it takes some time on our part, and I think if we know that it's valuable, we're willing to take that time. Yeah, and if the older child does it, well, all the other ones who are watching, they want to do it next, whether they can or can't exactly. or have the ability to do it yet. But, boy, you do want to encourage them, and, and you do have to explain to some of them, like the weed eater, nah, you're not quite there yet, but I tell you what, let's go work exactly. on this uh, other yard project that we need to work on. And, and let them That's be right. the yeah, leader the in that aspect. Yeah. Right. Now, real quick before we wrap up, because trying new things, I can't help but think of food. How do yeah. you get your yeah. child to, to try new things? Uh, what is your recommendation yeah. there since uh, you can't just say <laughs> eat everything on your plate because the poor kids in China are starving? That's right. Yeah, because it doesn't really necessarily connect. For us, it's just it, we have to build a culture where it's really not an option. Um, it, it's hard because you have to, to fight it at first and the kids, but you know, the more kids you have, the more they kind of recognize it in each other. It's really not an option. Like, look, here's what we're doing. Um, we're going to be, you know, maybe turn on the TV or have dessert after this. And, you know, if you can't finish it, then we're going to be here for a while and you might have to miss out on that. So I, I think that's one of those things that like, because of their health, uh, and because it builds a very important part of their will to be able to say, I really need to do this. This is important. Uh, for my body, for my health, and just to be able to kind of have a range of foods that you eat and that you're not super picky. We're not going to pander to that. Like it, it's that's a we we really hold that really valuable here, and so I think it's one of those things that we're willing to hold to hold the line. That that's a tough one because you got to start really young. Yes. Um, so holding the line, recognizing that, like, look, I love you, and I'm not doing this because I don't love you. <laughs> I'm doing this because you need it. So I'm here, and we're going to do this, but we're not going to give up. And I think as parents, that's one of the things that, you know, how much energy do we have? Are we willing to stick it out? How important is it to us? Um, so when it comes to trying new foods, that's one of those things. It's like we just got to be willing to, to stick out the, the, the trial yeah. there and, and, and stay with them. And, and yeah. sometimes it needs to be one-on-one. In other words, you might be in the kitchen exactly. and all of a sudden say, come see. I want you to taste this. Yeah. You know, kind of make it fun or right. curious. And even if they don't want to, I know it takes a number of tries. I mean, for me, yeah. it took me forever to, to like strawberries when Stop I was a kid. Uh, yeah, who doesn't like no, strawberries right? now, right? But those no. little black <laughs> things on on a, on a piece of fruit, I'm, I'm not eating that. that I like hairy. the look, not the yeah, texture. Well, the look, look is what I was funny. fearful of. But once I tasted it, yeah. you know, it was pretty good stuff. Because yeah. being Italian, yeah, my dad growing up in Independence, yeah, they grew strawberries when he was a kid. So my first real taste of strawberries was strawberry wine that they used to make. Hey, hey. <laughs> then I said, well, man, well, oh, no. how, I, what is this? And he says, that thing you won't eat, that's what this is. I'm going, this is the juice. I said, hmm, let me bite into that. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, to this day, yeah, I won't eat peas. Yeah. You won't eat peas? I will not eat peas. <laughs> that's but that's another story. Huh? That's the one vegetable my son will eat. Oh, well. Okay. Well, Brother Dave Dawson, Jr., Thank you for being with us as always. Keep up the good work in the Diocese of Homo Thibodeau. 
Thank you, thank you, man. All right, don't go too far. We have more coming your way. It's 15 before the top of the hour on Wake Up. Good morning. It's 12 minutes before the hour. Thanks for tuning in to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. We are joined by Shannon Eaton. She is a, uh, a women's health nurse practitioner. I could not get that out with Women's New Life Clinic. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. We're so happy to have you with us. We love hearing the good work that Women's New Life Clinic has done and continues to do. So talk about the health services that are offered there. So we offer um, STI testing and treatment, well, woman care, urgent gynecologic care, um, IUD and Nexplanon removals, and prenatal care up to 20 weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. And now, is there a cost we for... We also have... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to oh, ask well, if there we were costs. Cost, um, yeah, <laughs> we have low cost cash pay options, um, but we do accept most uh, commercial insurances and Medicaid. Um, and then donations to Women's New Life Clinic helps to offset the cost of the free and the reduced cost services. Wonderful. So can you tell us about the abortion pill reversal? Sure. So um, the abortion pill is actually two different medications. The first one, first medication is a progesterone blocker. So when a woman has just taken the progesterone blocker, there's a window of opportunity to try and reverse the effect by uh, giving the woman progesterone. Um, so we, um, when a woman contacts us um, or the abortion pill hotline, they contact us and we get her going on the pro- uh, pro- uh, protocol, which is... Um, it's a it's a time dose of progesterone um, okay. and along with ultrasounds to make sure the baby um, is still living. And the general effectiveness nationwide of the abortion pill reversal is about um, 65 to 68 percent, somewhere in that area. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. And we've done it. We've had it at the Women's New Life Clinic for several years now. Um, since I've been there, we've done it between maybe 15 to 18 times and um, we've had just a little bit higher success rate of women's in life clinic maybe 70 to 80 percent wow um, and then you know when a woman comes in for her ultrasounds and to meet um, for the protocol we also have the professional counseling available and it's helpful um, you know for women in this situation so the abor- abortion pill reversal is for when someone has received the the uh, the pills, takes the first pill, and then regrets the decision they've made. Is that right, Shannon? That's the point that when they correct. can come. Okay, so that's the point when they can call the hotline. Tell us about the hotline, the abortion pill reversal hotline. That is staff. That is headed up by um, Heartbeat International. They're a nationwide program, and I do believe they have volunteer nurses who staff that line um, 24-7. So when a woman uh, becomes aware of the abortion pill reversal and she wants to seek it out, she'll call the uh, hotline, and the nurse will get all of her demographic and then preliminary information, have consent signed, and then they contact the nearest abortion pill provider to the woman. Shannon, in your experience, are you thinking it, are you seeing that the abortion pill is becoming more prevalent? Um, 
Probably since Dobbs. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, every form of abortion is illegal in Louisiana, including mail-order abortion pills. Um, But it still happens through websites um, that will ship, you know, throughout the United States. Um, And what we're seeing now is this is going to be particularly dangerous because the woman is not seeing a doctor at all when she um, obtains it through mail order. Right. And, and so one of the dangers of, of taking the abortion pill is one of the many dangers is not knowing how far along the pregnancy is. Is that correct? Because if you're at a certain point, uh, the abortion pill is not, not the right method, correct? That is absolutely correct. It is FDA approved for up to 10 weeks. Um, it was originally approved up to eight weeks of pregnancy. And then the FDA a few years ago um, increased that to 10 weeks. The further along a woman is when she takes it, the less effective it is. Um, But nonetheless, if she takes it and it is effective and she's much further along, she will experience, she has much greater risk for heavy bleeding and an incomplete abortion and other complications. Wow. Shannon, this is Damien. I got a question. Why are they allowing women to get the abortion pill by way of mail without going through a doctor? If, If, in other words, if a doctor doesn't prescribe it, you shouldn't be able to get it, in my opinion. Well, some of these companies that are in states where the abortion pill are legal, I believe they probably do get a prescription from a physician. Um, the other ones are, I believe, just out of the country. Um, yeah. there, there are places probably in India and other countries where it's not regulated. And are they, are, so they're, the they're actually going that far to get a pill? Yeah. Boy, that, uh, yeah. that's a risk. Yeah. And, uh, I know. Yeah. I think they see it as like plan B because you can get plan B anywhere now. You don't need to get it over the counter. So I mean, you used to have to go to the counter to get it, but now you can get it anywhere. So I guess they see it like that, that the fact that it's even in some vending machines on college campuses in California is quite disturbing. Well, that's my point. It's like getting a soda. It's like that easy. But Mm -hmm. if, if, if it's dangerous, depending on, you know, how long, far along you are in your pregnancy, that, well, but so is abortion dangerous. No, well, you know, I, I know, but the, the, my point is, there. Why aren't there more regulations on something well, like that? You know, you may, abortions that's, that's like legalizing that's fentanyl. Oh, yes. it's got some yeah. good uses, but it'll yeah. kill you. Shannon, so many of the services yeah, that seems to be the million-dollar question, right? <laughs> why are there not more regulations? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Shannon, there are so many but wonderful. Also, you know, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you please do. Oh, I was just saying the fact that women are willing to obtain these pills from sources outside the country when they don't know how far along they are and also when they don't really even know if they're truly getting what they they say they're getting, it just speaks to the desperation of these women and the crisis situation, which is sad and where our counseling is so valuable. Yes, you're right. We're visiting with Shannon Eaton. She's a women's health nurse practitioner with Women's New Life Clinic located in Baton Rouge and in New Orleans. Uh, Shannon, we know so many of your services are offered at no cost to the patient. Let us know where we can go to support the many wonderful things Women's New Life Clinic does. Sure. Um, so our, our website, www.womansnewlife.com forward slash donate, and it's women's with an A. Um, and then we have coming up on November 12th, our 5K fundraiser in Baton Rouge called Born to Run. 
Um, you can register there or check it out at womansnewlife.com forward slash born to run. And there's tabs up top for all of these um, specific um, pages as well. If you just go to the general website. Okay, great. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. We always love an update from from you and uh, hearing about all the wonderful things you're doing for women in our communities. Uh, That's womansnewlife.com. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, we need to keep praying wow. for yep. an end to abortion. Yep. Of course. All yep. facets. Yeah. All yep. facets. So, yes. um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and end our show this morning with prayer. It's been a good one. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord of all righteousness, Jesus Christ, please be merciful to me, and I am a sinner. I acknowledge my sin and my weakness, and I beg you for your abundant mercy. Please pour forth your mercy and help me to open my heart to all that you wish to bestow. Help me to live in the humble truth. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I trust in you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have a great show for you tomorrow. Christopher McCabe joins us from Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. Gary Zimak with Following the Truth. Jeff Young with the Catholic Jeff Young the Catholic Foodie with a foodie recipe. And Terry Dixon with the Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper update. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Radio.